before today's episode, we wanted to let you know about a festival we're co-sponsoring in June called the Seventh Stay Nine. Seventh Stay Nine will take place Saturday, June 19th at Rhizome in DC, and the lineup will be announced very soon. More information can be found at seventhstay9.com. Right, but I've never I I've never kind of experienced her voice just by her, by herself. You know? So it made the what the song was about even more powerful. You know, it just made it even more powerful. And I was in New Orleans in a little studio and just had her voice on loop. And it was just it was just eerie, eerie just vibe. And so when I hear that vocal now, it still sends chills through me, you know? This is Essential Tremors. I'm Lee Gardner. I'm Matt Byers. The idea behind this show is to have musicians and other creators talk about songs that shaped who they are. We're not looking for favorite songs necessarily. We're also not looking for songs that they'd choose to take with them if they were stranded on a desert island. What we're looking for are songs that have significance to them. Songs that might have changed the course of their creative lives or their lives in general. this work with Massive Attack in the late 1980s through the early 1990s, Adrian Nicholas Matthews Thaws, better known as Tricky, forged a new path in a genre that might be best described as spooky post-industrial British hip-hop. His first solo release, 1995's Maxim K, garnered acclaim and established him as a potent solo artist. He has since released 13 more solo records, including his most recent, 2020's Fall to Pieces, and has collaborated with artists ranging from Nina Cherry to Bjork. The first song Tricky chose as being formative for him was Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana.
friend, um, he went to prison and he didn't come out the same. And when he came out of prison, he was uh, in and out of mental health facilities. You know, they used to inject him, like give him, like, you know, put him under, you know. And um, then after hospital, he got out and he was in a kind of shared house, which they, they made him take his medication. And um, me and this guy was close. I used to get phone calls actually from people where people were a bit, some people were intimidated by him. And he used to, there was people we know and he just used to stand outside the house and I used to have to go and get him away or take him out of a pub, he was causing problems. But when I used to go and visit him, I used to play um, Teen Spirit to him. And uh, he used to sing along to that song and it seemed like he was okay. When he was singing along, he seemed all right. You know, he, he seemed, and, and we used to go, go out and walk around and, and sing the song together. And for that moment, he, he just seemed good. So Teen Spirit, Nirvana, it's not one of my favorites, but it's something which I remember it means something. And my friend's dead now. So, you know, that, that's kind of a song which sticks out to me. What do you think it was about uh, that song that, that, that calmed him or engaged him in a way, in a positive way? What do you think it was? Do you know what is funny is, what I realized from hanging out with him, he was a psychic. It might sound weird, but he knew, he just knew stuff, right? He just knew, he was just so switched on. And it, it was like, you know, they say there's a thin line between genius and madness. This guy was very super in tune. And I think, he, I, I, I think he had problems dealing with, like, the, the normality of life, you know, that trudge of life, you know, the, you know, the four walls kind of thing, you know? And, um, mm -hmm. and I think he showed a certain, he showed people a certain, he, he was different with me than he was with different, with other people. And mm -hmm. it was almost like, he was letting his guard down when he was singing Nirvana, showing like, you know, he's like, I, I don't know, it's just weird. It was just weird because I, people seen him as crazy. I seen him as just not understood. He just wasn't understood. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like Teen Spirit understood him. It's almost like that song understood him and he understood that song. I don't know, it's hard to explain, but he, he just, he was just okay when, we were singing that song. When you hear that song now, does it? Uh, how do, how does that make you feel at this point? Now that um... it just makes me think of him straight away. You know, it just makes me think of him, and um, I still listen to the song. I still love it, and uh, it also makes me realize how backwards we've gone musically. It's like it's, a, it's like you know, like um, there's no one around like that, like Kurt Cobain anymore. <laughs> The second song Tricky chose as essential to his formation as an artist was Strange Fruit by Billie Holiday.
is strange fruit blood on leaves and blood at the root black bodies swinging in the southern breeze strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees the second song is Billy Holiday strange fruit and um this is because I've got to remix uh the song so I am Billy Holiday's I was in New Orleans when I did the remix and I am Billy Holiday's vocal stems just by myself and sat there listening to her vocal before I did any music on it, it was eerie very eerie eerie vibe and then um I did the remix and then I did a a show about a week later in the south and I played it as an intro and someone afterwards of me said wow that was really eerie you're in biology and I said why because my 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 interaction with her vocal was different like when he heard it it was an intro to a show there was music I thought it was eerie because I was just hearing her voice just by herself you know and he said well you know we're in the south and that song you know we all know what the song's about so that was kind of a really kind of um bit spooky experience having her vo- I I listened to her the vocal about 10 times before I even started working on it just the fact that I have Billie Holiday's vocals just by herself no music and just listening to it just it sent chills through me you know so that song when I still hear that now I still feel it still makes me feel slightly like strange strange vibe So when you when uh, when you were initially working on it and before you played it before your uh, at your show um were you aware of the of the meaning of what it was about and what it was referencing Yeah I yeah I was totally aware but there's that disconnection you know I'm I'm she's from a different time I'm I'm from England there's a disconnect there you know even though I totally totally can relate to the song but there's still that disconnect But when I had the vocals by itself it it's just like it 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 it, it, it was um it was a spiritual vibe it was just like you know I I've always known Billie Holiday is one of the best we've ever had right but I've never I I've never kind of experienced her voice just by her, by itself you know so it made the what the song was about even more powerful you know it just made it even more powerful and i was in new orleans in a little studio and just had her voice on loop and it was just it was just eerie eerie just vibe and so when i hear that vocal now it still sends chills through me you know mhm did uh, what did you notice about the isolated vocal that you hadn't noticed in uh you know just the full mix arrangement Well when you've got a isolated vocal it, the words mean so much more you know because all your listen when you've got music you know it's 50-50 you're listening to the words the melody and then the music 
this was just a vocal. So it just made it even more, it made, it made you even more aware of what the song was about. You know? The final song Tricky chose as being crucial to him was Cosmic Dancer by T-Rex. I was dancing when I was 12. I was dancing when I was 12. I was dancing when I was out. I was dancing when I was out. I danced myself right out the womb. myself right out the womb. Is it strange to dance so soon? I dance myself right out the womb. I was dancing. Uh, Mark Boland, Cosmic Dancer. And that is purely because of the lyrics. Uh, the lyrics are, you know, like some of the lyrics in there. I dance myself out of the womb. Is it? Is it uh, strange to dance so soon? And then you got, you, you know, he's got the other part of the song. I dance myself into the tomb, and uh, he, he's 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 wrote a song and he's describing life being born, dying as a dance, you know. And it, like you know, the saying, the, uh, the the dance of life, you know, and to. It's just a genius way to, you know, I dance myself out of the womb. Is it strange to dance so soon? And then I dance myself into the tomb. And, you know, the guy died young. The guy died young in a car crash. You know, so it's like the lyrics, because I'm really into words. You know, I'm like, you, you, you could have a great piece of music. A, a, a singer can have a great voice, great melody. But if the words aren't there, I'm not interested. You know, I, I, need, I, I, I need to be affected by the lyrics. The lyrics are very important to me. You know, you, it doesn't matter how good you can sing, how good your band is. If you haven't got lyrics, I'm not really, don't really interest me. So the Mark Boland one is just, it's just a genius way of writing about life. You know, it's just such a clever, genius song. Do you remember where you were or how old you were when you first heard it? Well, actually, Mark Boland is the first T-shirt I ever had, musical T-shirt, when I was a kid. And um, so that's the first kind of band I ever wore. Mark, I had a Mark Boland T-shirt when I was about, I must have been about 12, 13 years of age. So, it, like, um, I can't remember where I first heard that song, though, but I've been into Mark Boland since I was a kid. It, was that... Were your friends, were other people around you at that point in a Mark Boland, or was that something that was kind of unique to you? It was kind of unique to me because I was like, it wasn't. It was before the times where it was like, while I was hanging out with my friends, it was just hanging out on the streets, you know, playing soccer or just muck, mucking around. It wasn't a music. It wasn't really a music thing until we got about fifteen, and we got into the Rude Boys and Skinheads and uh, scam music. So Mark Boland, even though he was a big art, artist, that was my own kind of thing. My, my friends didn't listen to Mark Boland, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. 
so going back to the notion of uh, the importance of lyrics to you, um, when we when you talk about that, I, I guess I think um, lyrics can be wonderful as standing alone, meaning as poetry without the music, of course, or an important component can be how they sit within the music, of course, right? Um, the phrasing, the if there's a rhyme scheme, etc., between those looking at those different sort of uh components um can you drill down more as to which you which is more important to you is it the poetry itself aside from the music or is it how it kind of sits in the song with phrasing and everything well like say phrasing for instance right um i'd rather have a singer sing a wrong note but you could feel what she's saying you know it's like on my new album marta hit some sour notes on some songs, but I wouldn't change it because it's the way she's, she, she's sang it, the way she's delivered it. So the vibe is much more important. I'd rather have, rather than have someone who, who, who sings perfectly in key, but with no vibe, you know? So it's like, I know it's like um, with my stuff, a lot of vocals, are mistakes some of them on and, and my if if i have to do a vocal more than three times me or my singer is i'm not doing it if if we if if, if we don't get the vocal on the first two three tries then i'm moving on i'm i'm gonna leave it if you have to try and do a vocal more than two or three times that vocal shouldn't be on your album you know so it's just a, a natural thing, you know, it should be, you know, it's like when, when you first do, do a song, it's kind of pure, you know, when you, when you've learned it too much, it, it kind of, you lose the kind of purity of it. So I, I do my vocals really quick, really two or three takes. So the poetry and the delivery, but not so much you don't have to be in tune all the time or in key or that stuff don't matter to me. Well, I couldn't agree more. Um, that is, <laughs> that's, I feel the same way about, uh, about making art. You got to do it. You know, when the impulse is, is strong and pure and you get it committed to tape or to sculpture or whatever it is. So yeah, I agree completely. It's like, it's like the pixies are uh, a perfect description. Like some of that guy's vocals, they just don't make any sense. Then all of a sudden they make sense. You know, that guy, you know, the picks of some of their songs, like vocally, it's just so sour. But then it all just falls into place and you realize this is how it's supposed to be. You know, it's real, it's, it's real. It's, it's not manufactured. Like Pixies is one of my favorite bands as well. You know, and um, just some of the, 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 the way he and Kim Dill, but the way that guy, does vocals, he's, he's very brave, he's, he's courageous, he don't care, obviously he's not worried what people think about him, and he's got his own way of doing it, and sometimes it's just so, his vocals sound so sour, but just work so well, and no one could do what that guy does.
This has been Essential Tremors. Essential Tremors is produced by me, Matt Byers, and Lee Gardner. Essential Tremors is distributed by WYPR Baltimore and NPR. To get in touch, get more information, or buy Essential Tremors merchandise, go to EssentialPodcast.com. Thanks for listening.